0: Who says tech can't be human?
1: The biggest takeaway would be it has to be intentional, focused, intentional effort to make sure that whatever it is your investment is going to be, it's going to be a true investment and not just something you're spending money on.
0: Welcome to the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast.
2: What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts,
0: Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again in the studio today. We have with us Cody Wass. Cody is the VP of services at NetSpy. Cody, I was chatting with Chris and he was telling me a little bit about your background and origin story and I was Pretty shocked and surprised and excited to speak. But most importantly, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ron. Hey, Chris. Happy to be here.
2: Glad to have you. The first thing that really stood out to me, and I think this is a rarity in today's age because back in the day, folks would stay at one role or one company their entire careers. And that was really the noble thing. It seems like today, much like my background, we went to a bunch of different organizations and moved up the career ladder that way. You kicked it old school and you stayed with NetSpy since being an intern. Would love to hear about that story of how you rose through the ranks all the way up to VP in such a short time.
1: For sure. Short's relative. It's been nine years at NetSpy and some days it feels like it was yesterday that I was just starting and other days I can feel every week. (laughs) (laughs) NetSpy was a really interesting opportunity for me. It gave me the chance to catapult into the cybersecurity industry as my first real job, so to speak. So going back through middle school, high school is when I really started getting into technology, computers, programming, all that sort of stuff. But going through that, getting through college then, really all they taught me there was programming. That's the extent that I was able to see security through, was how do you program stuff. So I eventually meandered my way through that into getting a chance to start as an intern in Nets spy. Yeah, it was a rarity to find a role that didn't require any previous experience, which we see today too. Lots of roles are asking for two years, three years, five years, but I got lucky. So I found this role and started as an intern. Really the first six to nine months was lots of intern stuff. I got to watch behind the real hackers' shoulders as they did work, but I'd also help set up things around the office, get coffee, do all that fun stuff. So nine years ago, we probably had, I don't know, 12 testers. I think our burp suite license was 12 people. So (laughs) 12 consultants versus where we are today, we have hundreds. So the growth throughout my time at NetSpy has been really impressive and really allowed me to see the whole journey through starting as someone with very little experience to watching the whole industry evolve.
0: I love that. And I love the fact that you've been at NetSpy for so long. So you probably also got to see the company grow and mature and just change a mold over time. When I first got started my career in cybersecurity, I wanted to be hands-on keyboard. I wanted to be technical. And I can only imagine having the opportunity to be a VP at an organization with eight, nine, however many years of experience. But for you, was that the case for you? Did you get in because of the technical opportunities or did you
1: want to run teams, build the business? How was that for you? If you'd have asked me four years ago, five years ago, if I ever saw myself doing this, I would have probably laughed. I got into the security side of things because I loved digging in deeper, fully understanding a system, fully understanding the way it works, and then using that understanding to make unintended consequences happen. That was the fun part, the puzzle-solving bit. But a lot of that's, yeah, highly technical. So it's a little funny looking back. As we grew, as my skills developed, kept getting opportunities. People would come to me with a chance to try something new? And my answer was always, yes, I don't know how to do it today, but I'm sure I can figure it out. And it turns out if you keep saying that, eventually you don't get to do the pen testing anymore. Where
2: does that come from for you? Is that something that you've always had innately? Is that a skill that you had to develop figuring out how things work and pushing the boundaries of functionality?
1: Yeah, I think there's two parts to it. One is certainly the innate curiosity, being someone who wants to dig deeper. But I think the other more impactful part is being in an environment where that's rewarded, where your peers support you as you go through this journey of figuring out what you're going to do next, being given the chance to try it and the support to succeed. So I think both of those were probably equally important in my success. Speaking of having a
0: reward and getting a rewarding feeling. When we first spoke, you mentioned that NetSpy is all about positioning people as the way to solve problems. And I think that's got to be so rewarding. But when you think about a rewarding feeling at your journey at NetSpy, what really makes your heart sing? What memory, what story can you share about that?
1: Yeah, I'm going to steal your answer a little bit. It's definitely the people and the growth we're able to see. Over the last... Nine years, certainly I wasn't in a position to create opportunities for others for all of that time. But as soon as I started being able to do that, it's really rewarding seeing people come into this industry or come to the company as a fresh face, a specific skill set, and then watch them grow over the next year or two years or four years and see them really spread their wings, jump into really challenging, complex situations, and come out the other side stronger, better, and just having a skill set that you never would have imagined day one. So I think that's probably the most rewarding part at NetSpy. We do have a, a training program, we call it NetSpy You. And the people that take part in that are typically people with some Experience in cyber, cybersecurity, maybe they worked in a SOC or maybe they were a developer or an IT administrator, but they want to get into the pen testing side of things. So we teach them over the course of a few months how to be a web app pen tester. And that process of seeing someone learn an entirely new skill set and then develop expertise in that skill set that they can demonstrate over and over, and you see them grow in their career and all the doors it really opens for them, that's really rewarding.
2: It has to be really rewarding just to see that growth. And that makes me think about the duality of being in cybersecurity. It seems the farther up the ladder from a leadership perspective you go, it seems to be more about the people and slightly less about the technology. I know that NetSpy has a very unique culture and philosophy about balancing that duality between technology
1: and people. Could you tell us a little bit about that? For sure. It's pretty much part of the core ethos at NetSpy. My sales pitch for us whenever I'm speaking with someone who's not familiar is our differentiators, our people, first and foremost, and then our process and our technology. Without those first two, the technology bit doesn't really get used. So we definitely invest in technology. We have a ton of open source projects. We have a ton of internal tools that we build for ourselves. We have a ton of really cool things we're doing with tech. But the focus is always on how can you use that tech to make a person more efficient at their job, take care of the boring stuff that the pen testers don't want to do, and let them really spend their time being creative. You go back five, 10 years, all the problems in cyber were going to be solved by new technology. Even today, it's your new EDR you buy, or a new SIM you buy, or at all the conferences this year, it was ASM. Everything is. A technology product. But those products aren't helpful to large organizations unless they have the people to understand how to use them. So we've really doubled down on just building excellent humans that are really good at what they do, and then wrapping our technology strategy around that so that everything that they do is just leveraged a little bit more by technology.
0: I love that mindset and philosophy. I want to hear a little bit more also about it. How does NetSpy make that come true? Do you all invest harder and more into your people to go to conferences and trainings? What kind of things do you all incorporate to get the best out of the people that work there?
1: Yeah, it's a lot of the stuff you'd expect. Encouraging our people to go to conferences, making sure we're paying for trainings, whether that's online courses or in-person trainings at cons. But then it's also making sure that we have that full buy-in from all of leadership because it's really easy to say the words, yes, we want to invest in our people. But then when it comes time to look at budgets and allocate people's time, if you're not intentional about making that investment, it's very easy to see it get pushed off to the side. So at NetSpy... We're very fortunate where across the organization, up and down, we understand that this is an investment we're committed to making. So not only do we get the chance to send people to conferences, do all the trainings, all of that, but we also have the ability to carve out time for our people to really develop thought leadership. And then instead of just attending conferences, they're able to speak at conferences. They're able to participate in that ongoing discourse of the current state of the art. Of cybersecurity. And that really pays dividends. The better you make your people, the better community and culture you build around this idea of excellence and this idea of valuing the employee and their skill set and their growth. Ultimately, that just makes you a stronger organization.
2: I love that philosophy. And honestly, I wish more organizations took that philosophy and really invested in their people. And speaking of conferences, before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about your conference sort of journey and your very first DEF CON. Tell us a little bit about that story, what it meant to you to go and experience that,
1: and how's your conference reality been since then? That's a fun story. So like I said, middle school, I was getting into programming, all this other stuff, and I read about DEF CON in a magazine somewhere. And they talked about the CTF competition, and it just blew my mind. I was like, wow, there's people doing all this security stuff, this sounds amazing. So I thought about it as this thing I put on a pedestal. And then through high school, I developed my interests. And then, I don't know, my second or third year of college, I had the opportunity to go. Maybe it was fourth year, I don't remember. It was DEFCON 18, I think. And I went there, I remember checking into the hotel, I split it with a friend of mine, and I completely was simultaneously overwhelmed and also just super high energy excited to see everything. I probably went to five or six hours of talks both days. It was just (laughs) drinking from the fire hose, right? I couldn't get enough of it. But it was eye-opening to me. I grew up in smaller-ish towns in North Dakota, You 30,000, 50,000 people. And there's not really a cyber community that I had been a part of up until that point. So going somewhere where it was just everywhere and everyone was willing to talk about it and get excited about it It was really cool. So that, I think, that set my path in stone, right? I realized, wow, I want to be a part of this. And then ultimately, I think that led to my opportunity to have a shot at the internship at NetSpy. Now, for our consultants, we do like to go to DEF CON every year, but it's certainly a valuable opportunity, both for education, but also for team building. You send people to the fun conference, right? And everyone gets to have a good time, see their coworkers that maybe work remotely. And it's turned from a solely learning event in my mind to an event that lets you get exposed to new ideas and maintain relationships and meet new people in the space, all rolled into one.
0: Love it. And that's why I really loved Black Hat DEF CON RSA is because it's almost like a reunion. You get to see people that you've known maybe online or through work or another way, and then you get to meet up with them in person. But for many of us, 2020 and 2021, we were really stuck at home. What were you doing and what are you doing today to still stay sharp and stay connected now that there's more events virtual and I would say somewhat less in person with less attendance
1: at least. Yeah, for sure. It was a weird couple of years. Adjusting to a fully remote, fully online work culture is tricky. At Netspy, our culture has always been hyper collaborative. When we were back when we were only based out of Minneapolis, you could walk around the office and just look over someone's shoulder. There was always something cool going on that leads to a lot of really good information sharing. So, We've kept that idea as we've grown, but experiencing the whole period through COVID and then remote conferences, adjusting to the remoteness was tricky. I think we ended up doing a lot of virtual events, both internally and externally. We put on a bunch more webinars or Zoom talks, but then also setting up after-hours events on Zoom. Turn on your camera, grab a drink, and play through some silly cooperative game or things Hmm. like that. So as a company, it forced us to adjust, but it's been a really successful adjustment. I would say for conferences in particular, I think the remote option has dramatically increased the accessibility. Now you don't have to find a reason to have your company send you somewhere or pay for it yourself. You can still access the content virtually, which I think is huge.
2: I think it's huge too. It definitely Gives more access and that brings more people into the field of cybersecurity. But then also, it helps up level everyone. If they can't get away, if maybe they're a single parent or taking care of their kids and they can't get away for a couple of days for a conference, they're able to do so, which I think is pretty cool. And it makes me think about just the community and the collaboration within the cybersecurity community. Because honestly, the more tightly knit we are, the better we are going to be able to defend our organizations, defend our countries whatever you want to call it. What has been the focus of collaboration with you and your team? How important is that?
1: Yeah, like I said before, collaboration was really one of our cornerstones and we've maintained that as we've grown. This industry we work in is super interesting in the way that it'll never be finished. You're never going to learn everything there is about security and just be able to call it done. The entire expanse of our knowledge and new attacks, new technologies, new everything just continues to grow day after day. And we're far past the point where one person is going to be the expert of everything. Maybe 10, 20 years ago, you had the security guy and they did. They did all the security. But now it's so big you have security teams. And even within those teams, their areas of knowledge are hyper-focused. And that's the same thing we have, but the collaboration bit is key because everyone understands the vastness of the problem. And so being able to recognize, hey, I'm not going to know all this, but I know one of the people I work with probably has seen this before. So I'm going to ask them and find out what do they know. And you can save yourself hours and hours of searching or learning and just have an actual expert at your fingertips who can explain the the thing you're looking at to you. So collaboration is a huge cornerstone of the work we do at NetSpy and I think for the cyber community as a whole. You look at the idea of open source software that by its nature is collaborative and built to bring a bunch of people together to solve a single interesting problem.
0: For more than two decades, NetSpy has helped companies discover and remediate critical security issues through its platform-driven, human-delivered security testing. NetSpy is much more than a pen testing company, bringing you the most comprehensive suite of offensive security solutions. Visit netspy.com forward slash HBM to learn more. That's netsp com forward slash HBM. Thank you, NetSpy for sponsoring this episode. I used to ask people that came on the show, how do you build an unhackable system? But I'm not going to ask you that, so don't worry. (laughs) But one thing I do love is that you keep mentioning this idea of collaboration, this idea of building your people up. And I think in cybersecurity, we have a very strong group of practitioners, a group of professionals, and hobbyists, interns out there. But we have things to be excited about when it comes to how we can collaborate. What are you seeing as something that's
1: trending in your mind that Insecurity is getting better each and every year? That's a good question, because a lot of the stuff you hear about security in the news is what's getting worse. I think we're starting to learn how to approach these types of problems. What I mean by that is I'll I'll use a short anecdote. So I recently gave a talk at a local Minneapolis conference here, Cybersecurity Summit, that was focused on the topic of why technology isn't enough. The talk had this huge mouthful of words title, but it boiled down to, why we need both technology and people. And as part of that talk, I asked the audience, who here is trying to hire someone, right? Who's got an open job rec? And almost everyone in the audience that wasn't a student raised their hands. It was fully what I expected to see. And then the follow-up was, how many of you have an open job rec that's entry level? And there was like three hands raised after Mm. that. And that's a problem that we're just starting to understand In the cybersecurity industry and maybe not just starting to understand. We understand it now because we see that it's so hard to find experienced people. But what we're starting to see now is companies taking the initiative to train those people. So I mentioned we made that decision, I don't know, five, six years ago to start building out this Nets by You program, but other companies starting to release training online, open labs that are free and accessible, and ultimately realizing that collectively We're only going to start solving these problems if we generate more interest, get more people into the roles of security practitioners, whether those are pen testers or analysts or researchers, whatever it is. But we're finally realizing that we just need to cast this huge net and get everyone interested and excited about everything in cybersecurity and start building that talent organically. Because if we don't make that investment we are very quickly going to run out of people. We can't follow the traditional, just wait for an experienced hire to come along because it's so hard to teach cybersecurity in a college setting. It changes so fast. By the time you've taken a course, it's probably out of date. So I'd say that's the thing that I'm excited to see us get a handle on is more companies, more organizations really doubling down on their people and acknowledging the fact that This is a high complexity, highly technical role that you need to invest in people and get them up to speed on and ultimately build the talent pool for the industry at large. I
2: love what I'm seeing out there. You're right. There's so many academies and there's so many universities, like quote unquote universities, and that's by you out there. that are helping really push everybody forward. And that makes me think of all the stuff that you're putting out there for free. And then also there's information I'm sure that you all keep close hold. I'm sure you have very secret sauce level things that you're doing with your team. And you don't have to reveal all of your secrets, but I'd be curious to see Was there a moment in time that really changed the way that you and your team does pen testing the most? Was there this inciting incident where you had a a pretty good handle of the way to do pen testing and even some of the other offensive security stuff, but there was this moment
1: that really was a light bulb for you and the rest of the team? I'd say a single light bulb moment is really hard to point out, but a guiding light so to speak, of our ideas, that's crystallized. It was here before I was at NetSpy. We've been around for over 20 years. And I think it was a large part then. It's even more so now. More so now. And that idea is that you've got people, they're going to do a great job. Your people are your experts, you've invested in them. But at the end of the day, they're still people. And so you can really refine the delivery of these people by adding process. And so I would say one of the big elements of our secret sauce, so to say. It's not much of a secret, but it's building a process that our people can follow that really sets them up for success. When we bring on a new pen tester, we're not going to hire you and say, okay, you did pen testing for five years, go do a pen test. That's just putting someone out there on their own and hoping they'll fly, so to speak. Instead, we're very interested in making sure they understand the net spy way to do things, both from an expectations point of view, what does a web application pen test mean to us, but also from a tools, from a technology point of view, making sure they know who to go to for questions or what things should look like or what's a timeline they need to be working in, just really setting them up so they understand the framework they're gonna be working in. And then giving them this essentially this process that we refine year over year that eventually turns into kind of this core of institutional knowledge we have, that we get better at it every year, we get to continue improving it every year, and ultimately it lets our real thought leaders, our service line owners, the people who build processes, it lets them leverage their knowledge very quickly and effectively across the whole team. So that, like I said earlier, if someone sees something they're not familiar with, they know either where to go to find the answer or who to talk to and who to ask. So process, ultimately a force multiplier for your people. We pride ourselves for having a lot of leaders come on our show
0: and give their insights about mainly cybersecurity, but you've been sharing a lot from the people perspective. And we always love to pass the wisdom on to our listeners and future guests. For anyone that is in the leadership position and they want to start to really invest in their people, not just saying that they're going to invest in their people, but really taking that action, what would be your recommendation to them for where to
1: start? That's a good one. I'd say the biggest takeaway would be it has to be intentional, focused, intentional effort to make sure that whatever it is your investment is going to be, it's going to be a true investment and not just something you're spending money on. Because there's a huge difference there, both in expectation and ultimately on return. So As a leader in an organization, if you want to start down this path, I think it's important to understand what you want success to look like and what you expect it to look like, but then also getting buy-in from your leadership or your peers, if you're operating at a different level, buy-in that says, yes, we are going to be making this investment, it is going to cost us. It will cost us time, it will cost us money, it will cost whatever it is, but we are committed to making that investment because we know the payoff in maybe 12 months or 18 months or 24 months is going to ultimately be worth it. So be intentional. This is my best recommendation. Be intentional
2: and make that investment. I couldn't have said it better myself. That is such an important aspect, especially today when the folks are really concerned about economic downturn. It doesn't mean you take that investment away from your people. In some ways, it's even more of an excuse to invest more in your people and to make sure they're good to go. Cody, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to hop on the mics with us. We're going to drop your information and information for NetSpy and all the things that you all do in the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode. And with that, we will see everyone next time.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thanks,
2: Ron. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee.